0: In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, and I'm reading out of the Amplified, it says this, there is a season, a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. God, we just thank you for your presence. And God, I just pray that uh, for the rest of the time that we have together, God, that you would um, that you would uh, give us the strength that we need. God, that you would open up our eyes to the realities that we're unaware about. God, we thank you for purpose in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Tom. You know, I love the city of Fresno, uh, a lot of great places in Fresno. One of my favorite places outside of Celebration Church is John's Incredible Pizza. Come on, let's mix them up. John's Incredible Pizza is amazing. You may not think the pizza is amazing, but anywhere where it's like a buffet, it's amazing. And so I love the pizza. I love the dessert. I love the big screen TVs. But what I love most about John's Incredible Pizza is the arcade the arcade I don't care if you're 40 years old you turn into a kid when you walk into the arcade and when you go to John's incredible there's this big wall before you kind of step into the arcade that has all of these prizes and they're so like enticing they make them look so awesome It's just like UNO cards, but those UNO cards, I want those UNO cards. They have all these random prizes and they're awesome. They're really, really cool. And if you're competitive like me, you're going to do whatever it takes to win one of those prizes. I don't care if we have to be there for three hours. I don't care how many times I have to recharge my card and put more money on it. I am going to win some prizes. I'm gonna get however many tickets I need. It is going to happen. I start getting, man, I get competitive in there. If there's a little kid that's not paying attention to his tickets, I'm going to take those tickets when he's not watching. I'll pick up cards off the ground just to go check if there's anything still on them. I do whatever it takes. And and a while back when I was there, I went in with the mentality like, I'm going to win. I'm winning. I'm winning today. I'm going for that scooter. I am going to win. And I remember accumulating these prizes, and I was so happy. I was so happy as I was at the register getting my prizes, and I'm like, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, until I got home, and I realized I really didn't win. I really just spent $76 for a yo-yo, a little toy that you get your fingers stuck in, a sticky hand that like flings and gets stuck, and a bouncy ball. When I got home, I realized I really didn't win. I love this verse, these verses in Ecclesiastes, the wisest man to ever live, is telling you and I, there's a time when you arrive to this earth, and then there's a time that you go home, and my my desire today for us is that years and years down the road, when we leave the arcade called life, and we get home, that we can honestly say that we won. So how do we know if we're winning? How do we know if we're winning? Because in life, there's a lot of things that matter. But today, we have to ask ourselves, what matters most? What matters most? And in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 through 24, we get these words from a man named Paul. And Paul was a really sharp guy. Paul had a lot of experience. Paul knew a thing or two about what life really means. And I want to read what Paul is saying because I believe it can help us today in my 10-minute message because I am short, apparently. Uh, And so I'm going to dive right into this. It says this, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ, so I really don't know which is better. But I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which is far better for me, but for your sakes. It's better that I continue live so Paul is trying to tell us what matters most Paul understands that when he leaves this earth he goes to heaven and for him that is awesome but he says for you guys it's probably better that I stay in other words what Paul was saying is that what matters most are people what matters most are people what matters most about your life is using it to make a difference in the life of somebody else. What, what makes life life, what makes it count, what, 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 what can empower you that when you go home years down the road that you can look back and say, I won because I impacted the lives of people. Making a difference matters taking your eyes off of you and putting it on other people is what will take your life to another level. You may be searching for the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to know God, but it doesn't just stop there. It's to make him known. So if making a difference is such, such a big deal If it's something that we should be pursuing, if it's truly the meaning of life, why don't people choose to make a difference? You know, I just want to highlight three things that I believe keep us on the sidelines rather than in the game. And uh, I'm hoping that in the next few minutes we can really dismantle this mindset, that we can dismantle this lie from the enemy. I believe one of the reasons why we choose not to make a difference is because we believe this, I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to offer. What in the world could I do with with what I have? I have nothing to offer. You know, growing up, and I'm sure I've shared this before, I love to eat, and my mama, she loved to cook, and she still does. Thank God I moved out, or I'd struggle making it through those two double doors. Um, but as a kid, you're kind of picky sometimes, and if you're a mom, you've, you've heard this before, your kid opens up the refrigerator door, and he's looking at a fridge of things, and he's like, Mom, I have nothing to eat, and I can tell you how many times I opened up this refrigerator door, looking inside, yelling, Mom, there's nothing to eat. It wouldn't take long for my mom to go into that kitchen after she spanked me, um, for com- for complaining, and um, and all of a sudden I start to I start to smell something in the kitchen. I'm thinking that they order in something. What is this? This is and I'd walk to the kitchen. There'd be a plate of food. It'd be so awesome. I'm thinking, Mom, they'd serve this at a restaurant. This is this is amazing. And I would realize that what I called nothing. My mom called something. I realized that my mom had the ability to take what I didn't think was really a big deal. And when it got into the right hand, she could take that thing and do something that no eye has ever seen, that no ear has ever heard. In Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, I want to read this because it just shows us really the nature of our God. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. God is in the business of taking really insignificant things. When you put it in his hand, he blows it up, and the world is shocked that it ever happened. This is why you can't underestimate what you have. I know you don't think you have something to offer, but even if it's minimal in the right hands, it can make impact like you've never dreamed of before. God can take what you have. Don't underestimate your smile. Don't underestimate your handshake. We talk to these greeters that are at these doors. Don't underestimate when you open that door for that single mother that's going to walk right through it. God will use you. Don't underestimate when you're cleaning up that coffee. the, The dream team understands this. But if you're not making a difference today, I just want you to know that you don't have to believe the lie that you don't have something to offer. You have something significant. If there is air in your lungs today, God can absolutely use you. One of the other reasons why I think we stay on the sideline is because we believe this lie. I'm not good. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I've seen people park in the back just trying to stay away until they feel good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And if you believe this lie, you'll remain on the sideline for the rest of your life. I'm not good enough. You have to understand here that God is not afraid to use you. God will use you. God will absolutely use you. I know you have a past. I, I, I know you've been through some things in your life, but I'm telling you today, God desires to use You he wants to use you to make a difference he knows what your past looks like but today for someone that's at home he wants to use you he wants to use you say this God wants to use me God wants to use you to impact other people's lives He doesn't care what you look like. He doesn't care where you live. He doesn't care what you've been through. He wants to use you today. And I would hate for somebody to remain on the sidelines because they don't believe that God wants to use them. You know, my kids, they take after their daddy. They like to eat too. And sometimes they swallow their food before they chew it. And like any parent that loves their kids, when their kid starts to kind of choke a little, you kind of start to panic. And look at. Well, well, in, in that moment, we realize we got to do something. And because we don't know the, the Heimlich, you, go, you need to drink some water to get that thing down. You know, I've never, when my kids were gagging on a fry, I've never walked to the dirty sink counter and looked for the cleanest cup to use. I took the cup that was ready and available. I didn't care if there was something in the cup. I need the cup right now. I didn't care what color the cup was. I need the cup right now. I don't care if there was leftover pasta in the cup. I'm gonna take that cup, put some water, and give it to my kids. God is trying to tell you right now, I need you to get your eyes off of yourself and get your eyes on the people that I need you to reach. I know but I feel dirty. God's like, "I understand, but there's a dying world out there and I don't have time for you to try to get your act together because the truth is even the people that look their act, like they got their act together, they really don't. We are still in need of a savior and you got to get back up on your feet and stop allowing your past to define your future. We know we're not good enough. Read your Bible. Who was Who was? Like, who really was good enough? Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. This is the verse that gets me up every morning when I feel like I'm not good enough. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through 23, it says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies are new. Why can I get up? My cup's dirty because his mercies are new every morning. Why can I show up and sign up to serve at celebration because his mercies are new every morning? We know you're not good enough, but thank God Jesus was. And his mercies are new every morning. Don't sit on the sideline, use your life to make a difference. When you leave the arcade called life, the last thing you're going to want to do is regret how you spent your life. I want to end with this last lie that I think some of us may believe. And uh, I can't honestly say that I've experienced this last point just yet, but I believe that God has kind of helped me and put this last point on my heart to share to someone that it may be applicable today. And this is the lie that says, I'm too old. I'm too old. Can't make a difference. I'm, I'm too old. I'm just too old. I'm, that's, that's for them to make a difference. At this point, I kind of just have to sit back and watch from the sideline. I'm too old. You're not too old. You know, when I was driving home about two months ago, I heard some song that reminded me of when I used to play basketball in high school. And uh, I loved playing basketball, but if I'm honest, once I got into high school, I just didn't take it so seriously. And I began to think about what it could have looked like in that season of my life if I had really maximized my full potential. I started thinking to myself, what if you actually tried? Like what if you actually made an effort in your teens? What if you made an effort in your early 20s? What could it have been? And I thought I was talking about then, but from the inside, the Holy Spirit, not in an audible voice, said this, Andrew, don't let that be the story of your 30s. And I thought to myself, when I'm 40, I want to look back at my 30s and said, I gave it all that I had. And when I'm 50, I want to look back at my 40s and said, I gave it all that I have. And when I'm 60, I want to look back at my 50s. And when I'm 70, I want to look back at my, my 60s and said, you know what? I gave it everything that I had. I got up when I didn't want to get up. I went to practice when I didn't want to, get, when I, when I didn't want to go to practice. In Exodus chapter 7, verse 6 through 7, it says this. This is a very familiar story for many of us with Moses. Or He's ready to take people out of slavery. It says, so Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they made their demands to Pharaoh. As I read this verse yesterday, God said, if I can command an 83-year-old, I sure can command a 65-year-old. If I can command an 83-year-old, I can command a 70-year-old. If you're believing the lie that you're old today, you're missing out. I understand as you get older, there's some physicalities, if that's even a word, it just sounds right. Makes me feel a little smarter. I understand as you get older, you, you got to stretch a little bit more. You can't just get out. I understand that. But <laughs> but getting old has more to do with the mentality than a number. And someone needs to understand, I got to stop thinking old. For some of us, we got to go get the cleats off the shelf and put them back on because God is not through with you. God is not done with you. Your life is still intended to make a difference. God still desires to use you. I've got nothing to offer. It's okay. Is this something? Is it a hello? Because God will use your hello to see life change take place in somebody's life. Man, I'm just not good enough. It's all good. God is so desperate about the people he's trying to reach that he'll pick up the dirty cup. I'm too old. Well, God still commanded an 83-year-old and an 80-year-old to deliver his people out of bondage and slavery? God sure can command you today. We were designed and created to make a difference. You'll never know the meaning of life until you put those cleats back on. Rob, you need to keep it in your school. Don't literally go put your cleats back on because we need you. that's an inside joke. Rob put his cleats up in the NFL, but he's, he's making a difference in the city of Fresno. So you just leave your cleats on the shelf and you keep doing your thing. I wanna pray for you today because I believe God's going to do something in your life that he's going to reignite purpose back on the inside of you. You know, here at Celebration, before we pray, I want to reference this because I, I think we all need just a next step. It's easy for me to say all these things, but if I don't give you a practical step that you can tangibly take, uh, you may not know what to do. So I want to highlight just three things, things that we've already talked about, things that, things that you can do in your life that could help you Step into purpose. The first thing that we can do, and again, these are very practical. You're going to be like, that's not really profound. I'm telling you, it's connected to making a difference. The first thing that we can do at Celebration Church in this season is we can invite. We can invite. In about a week, we're going to have our Celebrate with Family Services. And there are people uh, whose lives are going to be impacted. There are people that were on their way to hell that a miracle is going to take place, and, and they're going to be on their way to heaven when life on earth is done, but that's only going to be possible if you and I choose to make a difference. So here at Celebration, we've challenged our teams. We've challenged our people. Can we invite four people to church this week? Can we go up to that Tia that hasn't been to church in two and a half years? Tia, you want to go to church with me? Can we invite that one friend that that, that has kind of been shunning you off? Can you can you give him a call and say, hey, I want to invite you to church this weekend to go with me. Your invite can radically transform somebody's life, even if they did not come into this place looking for Jesus. You can invite, you can invite, you can invite. We have three services, not just for fun. We have three services because we believe that we have enough friends and family out there that can pack those services out to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Number two, you can give. We talked about our giving initiatives already. You can give, you can financially contribute to make it possible for kids who are victims of abuse to have a party. You can give and make it possible for kids in the Philippines right now to get a gift, to get a meal, to have the time of their life. Your giving can make a difference. And lastly, number three, you can serve. We have a phenomenal dream team at this church. These are the people that are in kids' classrooms. These are the people that are greeting you as you walk through the doors. But this holiday season, as I was talking to our team, we realized there's some people that have been sitting on the sidelines, but maybe this could be the, the weekend that they put their cleats back on. Let's create a, a sign-up list for people to sign up so they can come serve a, serve on a Sunday to get a taste of what it feels like to make a difference. You know, after this service, we have a sign-up sheet at our, at our table out in our lobby where you can sign up to say, hey, sign me up, man. I may not have a whole lot to offer, but I could open a door for somebody. I want I, when I get home, I want to say I did something that counted. You can serve. And I want to encourage you if you've never served before. This could be the weekend that God just unlocks things in your life. This could be the weekend that you step in your purpose. This could be the, when you're in purpose, God will start to speak to you. God will start opening things up to you, but He needs you to get He needs you to get in purpose first. It could unlock things that you didn't even know. It could unlock passions on the inside of you that you don't even know existed just by standing there greeting somebody as they're walking through the door or cleaning a table for someone that just spilled their coffee. And as you leave this place, I want to encourage you, don't just grab an invite card, but go sign up to serve next weekend and see what it's all about. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.